call me Electro. He just arrives he says, and goes, call me call Electro. Me Electro. <laughs> it's like, were you just ready with that? Yeah, so he's he, been did, thinking did about it. Did you electricity, it turns you blue, fixes your tooth cap, and then gives you a new name and... Welcome, everybody, to another uh, Jordan JB Talk podcast. Uh, I forgot to say, hey, good buddies. So, hey, good buddies. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. Uh, today, we have, of course, a good buddy, Will. Hey, I think, I'm, I think I'm, the, I'm the best buddy, and I'm <laughs> excited to talk about Spider-Man stuff. Yes. So, yeah, well, we're just going to get into it. Uh, we're going to go just from the chronologically, I guess. And, like, just, just the modern ones, nothing before the 2000s. Yeah, we're, we're going to stick to mainly... Mainly live action. We'll, we'll touch a little bit on Into the Spider Verse, but mainly live action, going from Raimi to the Garfield, and then uh, of course the MCU versions. So I'm looking forward to it. Yep. You know, um, I didn't grow up with the Raimi movies. First off, I saw the first one when it was like new, and yeah. then that was it. I never went back and watched them. Never saw the second or third one when I was a kid or anything. So I saw them for the first time maybe like a year ago. And I thought they were really good. Mm-hmm. So to, for them to hold up to me as somebody who wasn't watching them through like nostalgia goggles, but actually just as like a new fan, yeah, I, th- I was really surprised. The effects are good and everything. So I wanted to like start on that because a lot of people have the nostalgia factor with these ones, and to me they were just good movies. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. I mean, I kind of have that factor because I did grow up watching them. I remember watching the first one when I was about to go into seventh grade, and I was going to take like a a yearbook class, and I was going to be like a photographer. It's like, oh, I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> So makes sense. <laughs> I remember watching it in a very crowded theater. My mom took me. And yeah, so I do have that nostalgia factor, but I don't ever I revisit them and I and yeah, some like the first one the effects are a little rough, but they're still they still hold up well enough to where you're not like Ugh. you know what well, I mean? Yeah, like, I, there, there's nothing in there that's so bad that I'm actually like that it that I notice it. It you takes know? you out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think there's anything like that cuz I even get that with other big movies that I that I'm a big fan of. So for me to actually I I really just just enjoy them and I think yeah. that um, Tobey Maguire's performance, especially in the first one, you know, we see how he goes from kind of like the nerdy, picked-on kid mm-hmm. to, I don't think he looks like a kid first off. That's the biggest, <laughs> no, that's that might the, be one of the bigger problems is that none of the actors in there look like they're high schoolers. Yeah. That's fine, but they aren't high school kids. <laughs> they should have just made them college kids Ex- or something. They, exactly. But, um, but, it, but he does, he does well. He, he's a believable, dorky kid, mm-hmm. you know? He's very, he's very relatable in that you can kind of understand where he's coming from and like you... You get that. I did, certainly, because, you know, growing up that way. But it was almost cartoonish at times, but also it was, like, necessary because that's kind of who Peter Parker is. He's always that kind of dorky kid. And, yeah. And that's, and like, you know, that's what, kind of, exactly what Stanley wanted him to be. It's meant to be like the world is kind of picking on him, and instead mm-hmm. of f- funneling that into being a bully himself, um, he funnels it into trying to help that world. Yeah. And save that world and save the people that are in that world who deserve it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what makes him kind of one of the best superheroes out there, just that... That mentality and that, you know, that his character, pretty much. Yeah. Why people relate and love him so much. And, I mean, the villains, especially in the first two of the, those movies, are great. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the Green Goblin is, is very good because he's got, like, realistic motivations. He's yeah. not some guy who just went crazy. I mean, he, he did, but for, like, like, like a scientific, yeah, he was trying to do something good kind of thing. And he was just trying to, try, trying to do, do good for the world and do good for himself and his company. And in fact, he tested um, the scary thing on himself, yeah. and that was what happened. So first off, he didn't try to hurt somebody else in the process. He was the test subject himself, and it just went wrong. I thought it was interesting. You know, mm-hmm. He wasn't some villain forged by a crappy 
origin story. It was forged by him actually trying to work on something that would help people. Yeah. Which we see with both of the first two, I think. We'll come back mm-hmm. to that in a, mo- in a moment, I'm sure. But like, Yeah. I mean, yeah, the sympathetic villain, the, the guy who thinks he's doing right, but ends up doing ro- like wrong, so wrong, is always a good, good way to go with you know, those story, story beats and those character moments. Uh, and he's a good character on top of not just being a good villain, which you kind of need for a good villain. He's mm-hmm. not just a bad, evil guy. He's not like, not to bring up the future, but he's not like Venom going against him where it's just kind of evil Spider-Man. Yeah. He's actually like, he's got motivation and he's mm-hmm. got motive and Willem Dafoe in the role does really good too. He's, yeah. He's, he's a, he plays a good person, mm-hmm. you know? I think other than like the suit itself, because I mean, for me, I didn't, as a kid when I watched it, I was like, that's ah, fine. But now kind of I'm like, that suit is just kind of weird. Willem Dafoe already kind of has a creepy looking face, and I think if they yeah. just maybe put some prosthetic on him, kind it of could, made it him. Look- it could have been, but see, I, I didn't have like the comic book base or anything to mm-hmm. know like what the Green Goblin is supposed to look like. I just think that he looks realistic enough, especially for the universe, to just kind of be like a mech suited guy. And I, and I think yeah. it kind of looks. I think it looks good enough. Yeah, I but, mean, it's, it's <laughs> but it does look plastic a yeah, little bit. Little Power Ranger. Yeah, but but there's nothing wrong with that. I guess. I mean, that's that, that's also the the time. That was two thousand. Yeah, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yeah. But like, like the 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 final scene, the two of them facing off. That is a in great one, fight scene. In one in one hand, he's holding um, Mary Jane Watson, and the other hand, he's got like a school bus yes. full of kids. <laughs> and he says, "You have to choose which one you want to save." Like that was that's just like dark as hell, and it's yeah. really good. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's really good because like <laughs> kind of. It, it shows the transformation of this guy, though, because earlier on in the movie, he was excited for Peter Parker to be, you know, a smart kid, trying to get him a job, and, this, and the little, like, helping him out, and, mm-hmm. like, taking almost a bigger interest in him than he did in his own son, for this to immediately turn sideways and <laughs> to become just this awful, awful guy later on in the movie is really good. Yeah. It's also technically a Thanksgiving movie. So I might watch it again, because there's a really good Thanksgiving scene. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. I was just thinking about it. I was like, there's not that many Thanksgiving movies, and now... We got one, so we're yeah. going to watch it. Um, and where Peter Parker claims to have beaten off an old lady with a stick to yeah, find the some cranberry sauce. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's just a good movie. Yeah. It's, it's... I'll always get like a laugh out of it, but also the action scenes still hold up, I think. Mm-hmm. I had a Spider-Man um, like, PC game when I was a kid that was kind of built after all three movies, and it's just a really good like era. I just, I, it's, it's fun to see yeah. him swinging, and I just, at the end of the day, I'll never have a bad time watching that first one. That's, yeah. Because it's just, he's, it's funny. It's wacky and it's weird, but it's also a comic book movie. I don't want it to look like real life. Yeah, I mean, some you do want that, but in terms of like Spider-Man, he's a little more bright, comical. He's always kind of been that way. You want him to be more in that fantastical, stylized world rather than being super grounded like a Batman character. Yeah, which is what they, you know, they. I won't get into all this, but they made the mistake of that with Superman, trying to make him grounded and whatnot, but. Because Grounded became grim. Yeah. It was like, I'm not even having fun watching this. This is like, I'm watching The Man of Steel be a depressed, moody guy. Yeah, you... I'm a depressed, moody guy. I want to watch somebody fun. You know? I I want to see my life on the big screen. (laughs) I don't want to come here to watch myself. (laughs) But that's the thing, though, is that Sam Raimi, as the director of these movies, keeps them realistic but Mm -hmm. lighthearted. Spider-Man is supposed to be kind of... He's not the rich billionaire Iron Man. He's not the super soldier or the god Thor and Captain America. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the kid from, from Brooklyn who's just kind of... Queens. From Queens. <laughs> Sorry, Captain America's from Brooklyn. Oof, people will freak out on this. Oof. But um, he's, the, he's the kid. He's the, he's the high school kid. He's yeah. just the, 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 the regular guy given some powers that he doesn't know what to do with, figuring out what to do with them. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think these movies especially showcase that really well. Yeah. And they you know, did a good job of keeping it on Spider-Man and Peter Parker, not worrying about, you know, we'll get into it later, well, I'll get into it later, 
expanding universes, and not till like a little later on, obviously with the third one. But yeah, I mean they did a good job of keeping it on him, making sure it's a story about him. We get that origin, all Uncle Ben stuff, and it's done really well. And so you know, and that last like I was talking about earlier, the last fight scene is so brutal and so amazing because he just gets walloped so much. <laughs> He's like bleeding. And his mask is half gone. He's got a brick wall that falls on him. <laughs> He's just getting destroyed. Yeah, and it's so good. Like it's like that's like at times that's what you want to see. You yeah. want to see the hero just kind of get walloped and but yet come back and you know and then unfortunately you know Willem Dafoe and Green Goblin gets a his glider into it. Yeah, his... is yeah, he gets killed. But that's uh, <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's it's well done. I think, and I don't want to like say that, but like it. We see the humanity in Willem Dafoe's character yeah. at the very, and, and I feel like a jerk because I don't remember what his name is at the moment. But <laughs> but we see in his last moments, we see him say, "What is it? Don't 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 tell my son this." Yeah, don't tell stuff. Harry. Yeah, and so it's it's good because we see that he's not a villain. At the end of the day, he cares about his son. He just doesn't know how to show it. He cares about his life and he mm-hmm. cares about who he's leaving behind. So I think it's 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 an interesting take on it because he's not just some some mean guy throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he's got he's got layers. He's just not the opposite of good. You know what I mean? Just kind of this, yeah, basic generic kind of villain. But yeah, I mean, he has that that heart to him, and he has that dual personality. So I think he just struggles with it. Yeah, it's a good. And I think that that villain development carries well into the second one too. Yeah, I think that Otto Octavius is also a great character. He yeah, they, they did the same kind of treatment, but it was even more so of like, whereas you know, Green Goblin Norman Osborn was trying to, his was more business related. He was trying to get something. Keep a contract, but it was also you know to help soldiers out. So it is that, but it, with Otto and he was trying to create you know new energy, yeah. which is going to help the world a lot more. But he meant for it to be something helpful. But again, and it was interesting because it wasn't even really him being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The arms themselves grew, got kind of like a mind of their own thing going yeah, on, like and then an they AI kind of took him over and took over the situation, and then made him into the villain. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a villain, and he's not a villain. He didn't die a villain. The arms were the villain, kind pretty of. much. Yeah, and I thought that was really good. Because him and Peter were able to empathize on a lot of things throughout the movie, and they were kind of, they're kind of a lot like each other. Yeah, I would say that Norman Osborn and, P- and Peter weren't very similar kind of people. They maybe had like similar goals or whatever, but Otto Octavius and Peter are very similar-minded people. They're both scientific minds who kind of have the betterment of humanity in mind. Yeah, and they they never lose that, you know. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, okay. So full disclosure, Spider-Man Two was like one of my favorite comic book movies, just like out of all of them. Because, I mean, when I first saw it, again, I was still, I was barely, maybe ninth grade, eighth grade, I don't know, but I was young, but I was kind of like, eh, it's just weird love story, and it's kind of, and then as I got older, and I rewatched it, and I was like, this is one of, like, the most, like, in-depth character studies of, like, that you could have in a comic book movie, without it being, you know, too cartoonish, too, like, you know, Peter Parker is very much relatable, even at that age when I was younger, I was like, I can understand that this guy's going through a rough time. He has a lot of problems. He has a lot of issues, things going on with him. And it was nice to see, nice to see, you know, the the main character not, you know, living it up and everything goes well for him right away. He has to end up choosing and it's just one unlike, of the better stories. Unlike we mentioned earlier about DC, you mm-hmm. know, cause, and I'm not trying to trash on any one thing, but just to use an example of it done wrong, is that we see Batman and Superman where whether they're in character or, or just as their, you know, like regular identity, mm-hmm. they're still having a bad time. But what we see in Spider-Man 2 is that when Pe- as the, the worse Peter Parker's life is getting, the better Spider-Man's life is mm-hmm. getting. Spider-Man's the great hero. The whole town loves him. He's doing great, but his job is going downhill. His yeah, girlfriend's life's not... going downhill. His, friends, his job, his friends, all... all of it 
it's interesting because but Spider-Man is doing great. The city loves him. Mm-hmm. You know, we, so it's not some grim movie all throughout. It's kind of like he has to pick and choose what his priorities are. Yeah, and it and it's a it's a good character study on what's important to Peter. Does he want to be Spider-Man exactly. or does he want to have a good life himself? And he has to make that choice and learn how to balance them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's what probably the best thing about it is finding that balance for him is he has to either sacrifice one or the or you know he can't be. You know, just to skip to kind of towards the end, his conclusion is that he can't have both as much yeah. as he wants. So he kind of gets it, but I mean, ultimately he knows he has but it's to a, pick. But it's like at a price. Yeah. He already knows that, and that's why he doesn't choose that. But he tried to, and, you know, he ended up going right back to it. It's almost, I don't know, it's just such a good story and such a, like, I keep I keep using the word relatable, but that's what it is to me. I When I watch it, I feel like, oh, yeah, I've been there, but minus the superhero stuff, but you know, I've been there. I know, you know, the ups and downs and, like, things, choices like that, and that's what the whole, I think the whole marketing and, like, all the things behind it was choices, and so I think that was really, really one of the, like, the staples of what, what you can do with a story and a character. And again, to go back to, like, Batman vs. Superman, which a lot of people do love, but, but, I mean, I like, I enjoyed it, but it was more of a novelty, and it was kind of like, oh, there's a lot of comic book references and big action, but there was no character that was, because you kind of already had to be like, oh, well, yeah, we know Batman. His story's already told. and So, I mean, it was just kind of a weird, it's a weird contrast to kind of compare the two, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, no, I mean, it's... <laughs> no, honestly, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, yeah, I mean, because the, 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 the point is, is that Batman vs. Superman is, is grim and relatable, but for, like, the wrong reasons. Yeah. And, and it hits those notes incorrectly. We, we can relate to Peter Parker, especially because this carries, these themes carry well over from the first one, too. He's dealing also with uh, family members who are still grieving, especially because Aunt May learns that Peter had something to do with the death of his, of his uncle and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's relatable if you've ever had a loved one pass or ever, you know, um, had to be kind of in the, in the heart of a situation that you didn't want to be in, but you just have to be in it anyway. Mm-hmm. And watching your life kind of crumble around you and try to hold together what you can, especially in this one, because he has to try to keep at least something together. And he's yeah. got to watch, and he's got to still be Spider-Man. There's still the villains on the loose. He still has to go handle the issue with Otto Octavius. And Harry's still running around in the background and, and causing problems in and of his own right. Yeah. And Spider-Man and Peter Parker both have to kind of just put what's important first and it's a good lesson in that without it being too grim yeah without it being dire and batman versus superman is like immediately we're thrust into meeting these characters and they're just end of the world yeah everything's already dueling each other and it's a mech suit and it's just not a good (laughs) it's 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 not a good character study and i'm not saying every movie has to be but this one is really good because Mm -hmm. it's a good character study of him yeah i mean you want a, a story you can go along with you can believe and you can kind of cheer or you know be sad with the character you don't want to just be like oh well cool they're fighting you can't have those if you want to you know a blockbuster that's fine um but especially but to sorry well no i don't mean to cut you off but i mean especially for like relatability peter parker as i I said earlier is supposed to be the one who's relatable Mm -hmm. he's not the billionaire tony stark he's not the super soldier military guy captain america he's not a god like thor He's just a he's just a kid. Yeah, superpowers or not, he's just, he's just a high school college kid, and he's just trying his best. And that's what a lot of people are, and mm-hmm. that's what a, a lot of the demographic is, especially loves that movie, are just people in their young twenties just trying to figure some stuff out. Yeah, and it's interesting because that's that's who we should be relating to, and in this, in this one we do relate to him. Yeah, even though like you know like I said I'm beyond that age now, and even when I was younger, I still understood it, and I was still like, yep, I've seen people go through those kind of you know emotions and those problems. I haven't been through it yet, but I can understand that it's not fun. 
And, you know, to touch on, like, his, um, like, basically his duality and what he's trying to accomplish, when he goes back to, like, save the, the little girl in the burning building, he doesn't have his powers, he's not dressed in the suit, he goes back to do it anyways as Peter Parker. But then, you know, it's triumphant, he has it, but then they, you know, comes out and they're like, oh, well, somebody on, got trapped on the top floor. And he kind of has that moment where he's just, like, thinking, like, well, I probably could have saved that person, too. He's like, I could have done more. Yeah, but... I could have. And the, there's those moments like that, that one and the Aunt May scene where she says nothing. She just kind of pulls her hand away from him and walks off. Yeah. Like, those scenes are beautiful, and they're so, there's so little to them, but they speak volumes into the, to the story and to the characters and to how they're feeling. And I think that's, that's what, you know, sells it all. That's what great movie cinema is all about is those kind of moments, you know, not the big spectacles, even though those are cool. We wait for those character moments because that's what we want most. Yeah. We want to be able to relate to them in some way or another. And, I mean, there's movies where you don't relate to the character and you aren't necessarily, like, meant to. But every good movie that uh, that is, like, lauded by critics and by audiences like uh, something about it that draws you in and makes you connected to the characters, mm -hmm. you know. And so this one does it perfectly. I yeah. think it's, it's, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I could go in-depth with this one a lot. Because <laughs> uh, I probably am going to talk a, about it, but... There's a lot to dissect about there, it. Yeah, there's so many layers to it. And, like, what's great about it, too, is they didn't have to do... Now, I think what I saw a lot of was, like, they got the origin story out of the way. They got, you know, that done. So now, with the second one, they're able to kind of expand and do something like this. And the action and the visual effects are still great. I remember, like, because I did rewatch it, too, recently, and I was like, wow, like, the train sequence... Like, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's so amazing. That's and, the climax of the movie. It's not yeah. some, and that, that's what I love about all these Spider-Man movies, especially these original three, mm -hmm. is that it's not like some current DC or even current Marvel movie where it's some big CGI fight yeah, scene big and a lot villain. of, or just guys doing karate against each other. Like yeah, you see a lot of Captain a lot America of quick movies, cuts. You can't see what's going on. Just giant CGI monsters that you don't really understand the scale of and stuff. These are grounded small-time fights mm -hmm. that have depth to why they're fighting. Yeah. It's not just Otto Octavius and Peter Parker fighting because, oh, well, we're here. Like, yeah. like I felt in Batman versus, versus Superman or like the whole Save Martha thing. Yeah. The reason that they end up empathizing with each other in this movie is because they actually have common ground. Yeah. And they, Otto realizes he kind of snaps out of it and goes, yeah, we do need to stop that machine. We, mm -hmm. need, to figure, we need to solve this problem. It's not, it's not some cheesy moment. It's because they actually have character behind them that has led them yeah. to coming to an agreement about the ending. The plot, you know, the plot sets it up that way. You, you, that's why you have him at the beginning as, you know, just a regular doctor trying to help and then goes mad. And, you know, and so you have that, you know, like exactly what you said, you have that moment at the end where it's perfect, where it fits. And just the, the CGI at the end, though, where he's going in the water, that looks kind of It looks, it looks, it looks but, a, little, a little whack, but it's also... I can it's a get, good moment. I, I can get past weird graphics and weird um, tech end of stuff if the story behind it That's is That's nitpicky. And it, and it really is a good story. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the sun being in the apartment building or whatever doesn't look that great, <laughs> but it's but at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a well-told story. Yeah, I mean, and it's... And I can't get too mad at that. It's what a lot of directors want to do. They want to add style to their stuff, but a lot of them just add just the style. Yeah. Michael Bay, obviously, <laughs> is, one, is the worst at it, but yeah, so like, let's... Again, I don't want to go on too long on this one because it's great. We both agree. Well, well so, so yeah, so that's the whole thing. Number one and two had some great villains. Yeah. And the villains had motive that locked in specifically with Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. And three, unfortunately, missed the mark. When it, it had been set up to perhaps do it well if you pull Venom out entirely. It, exactly. That's a lot of what people say about the movie, about the third one, is that, and then it was all studio interference because at that time, you know, now they're like, this movie is making a lot of, this is going to make a lot of money. Now we need to make more with it. And it did make the most out of all three of them. Yeah. 
And I think from, because of villain. Oh, from, villain. From, from what I'd heard, the unfortunate story was Sam Raimi wrote this excellent story that was weaving Sandman's character mm-hmm. and um, and Harry's character around each other. A new Green Goblin and then a Sandman who's, who has an origin built in the first movie, built around him being there at Ben Parker's death. Yeah. He had this movie written and fairly done. And then Sony came along and said, "You know what kids like? They like Venom. They want they they, they want a cool black Spider-Man. Yeah. They want this. They want a new. We can sell toys that look like Venom and all mm-hmm. this cool stuff." And Sam Raimi got into a, a got put into a box where this was all that he could do. So he took a well-written two-villain movie that would have probably been very good, yeah, and is still very good if you kind of take the Venom out of it a little bit and shoehorned him in. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad because I also think that a Venom movie maybe could have been good if that was also the only thing that they did. But they, yeah, it, they had saved if, if it. That, if that was the focus, and it was either the fourth movie or it was the third movie, and they just put the other things off later on, that also could have been pretty good because we already know who Spider-Man is. Why not bring in a new villain? Mm-hmm. But it was done so poorly, and it's too bad because it could have been yeah such a good movie. It, it did made the mistake of what the the Amazing Spider-Man movies made, and and that is just cramming so much into to this one character, trying to build this. I mean, I think at the time they weren't doing, you know, universe builds. Like, after, since Marvel started doing it, then that's when everyone started doing it. But at the time, I think they were just... But like I said, selling toys, people know Venom. He's kind of a, a fan favorite. And I think, yeah, studio interference has always been kind of a problem with these movies because yeah. they make money. And, and because, that's kind of the, the classic example that, pe- that people go to for yeah. studio interference being a problem is Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you the Sandman story is great. Me, I have a problem with... Him being connected to the first one, and that how I how it all goes. It's just weak. <laughs> yeah, it's just really weird. It's they kind of seemed like it was rushed. It was weak and a little rushed, but I could have gone with it if that was what it was. Yeah, if that was the only thing was it was like oh, I guess this guy was there from the beginning. That's uh, okay, fine. I, I I can get there. Yeah, but then to have that and then also evil Spider-Man running around. Yeah, because Sandman is a really good character. The CGI, especially from the scene where he first yes, that is, is amazing. Like born whatever you want to say <laughs> when he first kind of is is created. Yeah, is really good. Mm-hmm. And I and I like that that scene a lot. And I like it. You know, half the time he doesn't even have his the actor doesn't even have his full on like face showing because he's just made of sand, and you can still yeah. see the emotion that he's expressing, mm-hmm. and it's good. He's good. Harry has the the two movie kind of tenure at this point, so he works as being a, a villain. He yeah. works as still having a vendetta against Peter and Spider Man, and he wants to kind of uphold his father's legacy. And he's got a lot of motivation to be a good character. Yeah, and it's really good too how they two of them kind of team up later on to face to kind of face the bigger evil and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's all really well done. The bigger evil just shouldn't have been Venom. Yeah, that was the big problem. They shoehorned in Eddie, Eddie Brock. They shoehorned in um, the blonde girl, Gwen Stacy. Gwen yeah. Stacy. They shoehorned her <laughs> in when we already had kind of a love interest who maybe could have been used. And they shoehorned in Gwen Stacy. They shoehorned in Venom. They shoehorned, and it, it's sloppy. Yeah, and it's too bad. It's, it's uh, okay. So to go back to the the, the love interest thing, um, Mary Jane Watson. She's great for. A little bit, but she ends up being the same in every movie. She's just a plot device. That That's screams. unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> she screams a lot, and she's always getting captured, and it's like, oh, i got to go save her. And it's like, okay, well, and that's the good thing about Gwen Stacy, which we'll touch on the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man movies, but that's kind of a problem I have with all three of these movies, that that, that string is her. Not Kirsten Dunst specifically, or like any of that. It's just the way they kind of... She's, use her she's, character to kind of drive almost, it forward. She's almost not a character. She's a plot device. Yeah, she doesn't have any depth to her, really. Mm-hmm. She's kind of just there as a as an object for Spider-Man to be searching after. Kind Pretty of, much, or? yeah. I mean, they, they wanted her to have a better backstory with, you know, kind of a rough upbringing and whatnot. But, 
you know, it was never really touched on as much it as... It should have been. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, yeah, I mean... Back to Gwen Stacy, that was where you were at. Gwen Stacy, yeah. Well, I mean, her, like, I, I guess I'll talk more about her when we start talking about Amazing Spider-Man. Um, because she's also like, poorly used in this movie. Yeah, she's... She's, she's, she's in again, there. She's another version she of that. Is she in there? Like, she's not... <laughs> she's used for one scene as, you know, again, a plot device and kind of a weird second dance sequence. <laughs> yeah. Where's where, why there's two, I don't know, but... And if, if you don't have the Venom aspect, then you don't have those... It's like you said, if, take out the Venom stuff, then you don't have the weird dance sequences. You don't have emo Par- Peter Parker. You don't have... But that's horrible. iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to lose emo Peter Parker. That, I mean, yeah. But, um... Well, because I think that what they could have done, and again, maybe I'm thinking about this too much from like a world-building perspective because I've seen the MCU and stuff, but mm-hmm. what they could have done is maybe had the seeds for Venom. You know, yeah, like don't, don't, be- don't put Venom in there at all, but introduce Eddie Brock as a character. Introduce him as he's a new reporter around the, 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 the Daily Bugle. He's yeah. doing well, but he's just kind of a minor character. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you tease him at the end. Yeah, that's Say, hey, this good. is Eddie Brock, and, or show the meteor coming down, the little black goo coming out, something along those lines at the end, and you're just like, oh... I know what's going to happen next, and then there you go. You got your next movie already sold. Because <laughs> the reason that the fourth one got canceled was because the third one did so poorly. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten a fourth one if they handled the third one better, and then they could have gotten kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. And so that's a shame because I would have loved to have seen a well-done Venom movie at the time because mm-hmm. we still haven't gotten a well-done <laughs> Venom movie. But um, I think that I, I kind of like this Venom more than I like the new Venom, though. I still kind of like... Uh, I like the new design more than the old one, but I, the characters, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> I don't like any of them. I just think it's fun. I think he's just like lighthearted and he's just, and he is, he's kind of, he's a logical kind of more evil villain because the, the new one literally called himself a loser during the movie. So I just think that, I think the new one, he's more anti-hero, that version of Venom. So that's, that's kind of where they're going with that yeah. one. But in the, yeah, like in the Spider-Man movie, he's an actual villain rather than, you know. But he also doesn't get none of the villains get or yeah none of the villains get the depth that we got with any of the other ones because yeah, because of this, we're in the, in the second movie we got an entire movie devoted to why Otto Octavius is a human being and why he has character and depth and giving him a storyline worth fleshing out we get a third of a storyline with each of them mm-hmm. we get a split Venom storyline that doesn't really give his character or Eddie Brock's character any real depth besides him just kind of being like a generally sleazy guy I yeah. guess I mean and then. We get, I think, the most depth out of Sandman, which is maybe why I like him the most, is because he actually kind of feels like a person by the end of the whole movie. Yeah, he's got depth. He has a family. He's, he's trying, to, trying just, to do it for trying something. Trying to just protect them and stuff. Harry, we don't get a lot of depth building, but also maybe we didn't need it. We kind of already had it throughout all these movies. You know, it's it's they wanted to do the whole oh that's my best friend and he which, betrayed me whatnot. Which all the more so just proves that Venom is the problem. Yeah, and then the whole sequence where he like he turns back to being good, it's just again sloppy and really rushed. Where his butler's just like oh. Well, I, when I cleaned his wound, it was from his own glider. It's like, what? How does the butler know all this stuff? What is yeah. going on? And also, like, why, where was the butler for the first two movies? Yeah, why did you say something sooner? <laughs> I'm going to wait five years and tell you about your father's death. <laughs> it just took him that Oops. long to get downstairs. Yeah. I just oh, I only clean the glider once every five years, yeah. so it's a good thing. <laughs> wait a minute. So, that glider and this glider don't mess <laughs> Hold on. So, but generally speaking, these three movies hold up great. Yeah. I think they're 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 fun as a trilogy. They line up really well. They they don't feel like three separate disconnected movies. They feel like yeah. they flow really well into each other. And they could be, I don't want to say one big movie, but they work as one long storyline. Mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire's arc feels well connected. Yeah, he feels like the same character through all of them himself. He's kind of a constant, mm-hmm. but when he isn't, there's a reason for it. Yeah, he's not really as much of a constant in the third one. That's because his personality is literally changing because of the the symbiote. Yeah, so I think he, I think it's just a well done set of movies. I like the direction of it. 
I like all the actors they pick. They're iconic. The, there's a reason that J. Jonah Jameson should only be played by <laughs> yeah, by J.K. Simmons. By yeah. J.K. Simmons because he's just got the voice for it. He does. He like now he's just embodied that. He looks like him. He just feels that whole character is just him. And it's amazing. I, I think I think he's the best part of those movies. I mean, truly, I like yeah. Tobey Maguire a lot, but I think he is the best part, especially of the third one. Yeah, he's got like, you know, he's hates Spider Man, but yet somehow he loves him. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, it's I just love great. the scene where he's wearing the suit. I don't remember which movie that's from. But I love the scene where he's wearing the suit yeah. himself, <laughs> jumping around in his office. I just, it's just full of like weird, quirky, fun stuff. Yeah, like that's, that that's that Sam makes Raimi. It feel comic booky. Yeah, that's Sam you know? Raimi all, all all day, and like that's what's great about it is you have this cohesive story because you have this director who had one vision for it, who you know, but to, kind of towards the end, kind of had to compromise it, but still, you know, he was able to get in. I think bits that he wanted. It still it feels just, like a Sam Raimi movie. It just yeah. doesn't really feel like a cohesive Spider-Man movie. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just you know you get. And it's great that he has his, you know, little horror elements in there yeah. coming from that background. And that's, I think, I don't know, for some reason, horror movie directors make, like, good comic book movie directors. <laughs> it's weird. It, it, it is weird. But, I mean, it's, <laughs> but, it, but it seems to work. Yeah. yeah, speaking of good comic book movies, let's get into The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, the best duo. comic book movies. Okay, I think what the, the well, biggest... Well, you recently saw them, so we'll, I, we'll start with I, you. I saw them for the first time about a month ago. And um, the, the biggest problem, I think, to, is that... Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker isn't relatable the way that Peter that to, 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 to Tobey Maguire's is. Mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire's is a picked-on kid who's just trying to kind of figure his life out and stuff. Andrew Garfield is like the cool skateboarding kid. <laughs> yeah. And maybe people pick on him kind of, but he's a cool, he's guy. like a tall, cool guy who skateboards yeah. and he's got like cool hair and he's not like he doesn't seem to really be like in this bad of situations ever. Yeah. And he I don't, I don't even know where to go with any of it because Peter Parker is supposed to be, and you're supposed to be able to kind of empathize with him. He's mm-hmm. the, he, again, I keep saying it, he's not the big, the, the, the big hot shots villains, uh, heroes yeah. like, like Tony Stark. He's just, he's just the kid. And I, I feel like if I was in high school, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker would have been picking on me. <laughs> I, did, I didn't feel like he he's the bottom like, of that totem pole. Yeah, he would have been like the, the kind of cool guy that just gets along with everybody and yeah. you just kind of... You can be friends with him, but like, yeah, exactly. He's a good Spider-Man. When he's Spider-Man, he's very good. He's got the quips. He's got the kind of like the attitude. His suit yeah. is more comic book related, apparently. I do like how the suit looks. The suit yeah. might be the best part. He's the, the, the suit is the best character. <laughs> but um, well, the yeah. problem is that, and I guess this is maybe intentional, but even when he first kind of becomes Spider-Man or whatever, he's still kind of a jerky guy. Mm. That's it takes some some character development, which I guess maybe is the goal of the movie. But I also I had to sit through the Amazing Spider-Man one. Is the better of the two for sure, but it's still like we see him like beating up the these like common kind of street criminals or just like general blonde guys that he finds with tattoos or whatever yeah. it is, just like throwing them against walls and hitting them with webs and laughing at them and then running away when the police show up and stuff. Yeah, and he's just like kind of a jerk all the way through, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't really get it. It takes him saving the kid on the bridge to kind of I guess become Spider-Man. Yeah, but it's still like we're two thirds of the way through this movie, and I haven't been watching Spider-Man the whole time. I'm just watching yeah. like, a jerky guy wearing a red suit, and it just it feels and unfortunately, weird. yeah. With that comes the fallout of you. Oh, now you don't know what, you don't care what's going on with the villain. You don't care what's going on in his personal life, and even in his personal life, it's just kind of like he's got the girl already. Like there's no struggle for him. It took 
Peter, or, you know, Tobey Maguire two movies to finally get the girl at the end. Yeah. But in this one, he's got her in, like, the first two scenes. So because, yeah, well, uh, they had some good chemistry, but that's because that's, the two of them were dating yeah. in real life at the time, so, so I don't know what to say about that one. That's kind of Their the only thing almost seem it. a little too good. It's like, mm-hmm. there's parts where there's just, like, awkward silences between them, and I'm like, can we write something for you <laughs> yeah. guys to say, well, please? It's just longing looking to realize. Um, but yeah, like, and then, so yeah, you lose all that stuff. You lose kind of any kind of spectacle, any kind of action. Nothing really stands out about it. Like you said, the first one is the better, but it's not by much. It's kind of a very, yeah. very I, average at best. Yeah, it's not, it's just not, I didn't enjoy watching either movie overly. I, I like the first one more than the second one because I guess i just kind of a sucker for like Peter Parker origin stories and it was mm-hmm. kind of fun to watch it. But then after a while I was like, I feel like I've either seen this before or don't want to see this at all. And either way, I don't have any invested interest in this movie. Yeah. They, and they, and he almost feels like a different character between movies, too. Yeah, and again, they try to go, you know, the, the more grounded, darker tone with it. I remember seeing that from the first trailers. I was like, what, like, what are you doing? But, you know, you can't stop him from trying to do that all the time because some of that trend just took and off. Just, I don't want to nitpick too much because at the end of the day, we just know these are bad, but I don't... I don't think that anything needed to be mentioned about Peter Parker's parents. Yeah. I just think that was... We don't need to know that, especially at the beginning. Yeah. We don't need some big thing about how, you know, his parents died because of this, and they're, he's trying to kind of find them and uncover the mystery of where... Yeah, where they're at. No. Like they're not dead or something. It's like, well... <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and it does connect back to the villain, but then again, the villain is not what we... Like, what we could go on again about the... First movies, but the, he's not that. He's just kind of like, he is trying to do something good. So you do have that aspect. But again, you just don't care about it because then you're you're taken out of it when you're, you can't relate to the main character. Then you're just like, oh, well, I don't really care what happens to the other characters. Yeah, I don't, I'm not I don't on, care what happens to the main character. I don't care what he does. So why should I care about what the villain does? Too? Yeah, like, like, the villain and kills I, and him, I don't, right. I don't want to dig into like effects too much, but the lizard just looks rough, Yeah, unfortunately. He's not like... they. This was made in what, like 2014? Mm-hmm. I know that we could have probably gotten a better looking lizard by that point. Probably. And he's also like huge. And I thought that in the in the comic books, he was kind of a similar size to Spider-Man, he's I thought. about, and he looks more like a crocodile, I think, in the the in the comic books. I, I, I can't didn't. quite remember. But yeah. I, I read those first those first Spider-Man comic books, because they um, like the original ones. And he's one of the, the main ones who pops up a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I liked him a lot. And this was just not good. It just wasn't. He was like giant and just looked like a like like a tree kind of. And it's just like he was like nine like eighty percent lizard, and then still had like a human looking face. Yeah, and that was weird. They should have just given him the full transformation. I know. I know they could have done it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was just gross. I, just, yeah. I just didn't like looking at the lizard when he was in any scenes. Mm-hmm. And so. So, yeah, I mean, that all just takes you out of it. And, and there's no like, empathy for the villain. Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for the doctor. I don't even remember his name. But I don't feel bad for the doctor that became the lizard because he was just kind of a mean guy even when he was a real guy. I feel yeah. like he just wasn't... He didn't have any reason for... And their connection that they tried to do between him and Peter was also fairly shoehorned in and weak. Yeah, because it related back to his parents being scientists. Or whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How many of those comic books are, like, are there that are, you know, relating to his parents or, like... You know, yeah. going, but so anyway, let's get into the gem of it all. Yeah, the best one. <laughs> the most complicated and overly just convoluted story, which is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <sighs> well, so, again, to, there's a lot to dive into. Uh, first off, there's three villains. Again, and the <laughs> well, most there's two. Which is two. Really, well, you got to remember there's the rhino. There's sort the, of the rhino. in there and not really. 
He's just kind of a mech suit with a guy in it, and he's not. Which I didn't think that was what the rhino was either. I'm not. I'm no expert on this stuff, but I thought he was just. I thought he was actually like more of a creation than that. Yeah. But I think that the biggest problem with this movie, and which we learn is apparently supposed to have always been there since the first movie too, is that apparently the whole Spider-Man serum, the whole spider that bit him in the first one, this stuff was literally based off of Peter Parker's dad's DNA. So it was only Peter Parker who could have been Spider-Man. Yeah. The whole thing, like I've been saying from the beginning, Spider-Man is relatable. Any of us could be Mm Spider-Man. Anybody could be the do-good hero who tries to help their city out if given the responsibility to do so. Yeah. And this is literally saying, no, only Peter Parker can be Spider-Man. Only because you came from me. It's like, what? No. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what I want. I want to be Spider-Man one day, so you just took that away from me. As a kid, I would. I would watch. I would watch these Spider-Man movies, and I would, you know, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing." And mm-hmm. I learned how to do a thing in the shower. I could get like the water to run down my hand. It would like look like web coming out yeah. and stuff because it was just like your arm up and, and it, it was, go. And it was cool because I was like, I could be Peter Parker. I could be Spider-Man. And I watched this, and I was like, Oh, so it's literally only him. Yeah, it's a good thing that Spider bit him, or else we just wouldn't have a Spider-Man to do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's it's crappy. Yeah, in, it's, in, inherently, it makes it takes away the main character's motivation because then it kind of just feels like this was always waiting for him. It was destiny for him to become Spider Man. Yeah, and that's dumb. <laughs> it can be done well if it's for. It can be done well, but I mean, but it's already been overdone. Yeah, it's it, been overdone, and we we've seen destiny already. Luke Skywalker being the chosen one, Harry Potter the chosen one, and all these different things. We don't need Peter Parker to be Neil. the chosen one. Yeah, you know, and uh, the thing I hate, like, I'd like Dane DeHaan. The, the guy who plays Green Goblin. He, yeah. he would have been a great choice, but his lines, his dialogue, and everything about him is just so cheesy and corny. And, and I too don't... cheesy. He feels like he's out of a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. Almost. But he's not. But this like he's like a caricature is. of a Sam Raimi character where he's just over-the-top goofy, and it's like... What? The whole thing is the whole thing is dumb. He 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 just concocted a theory that he needs Spider Man's blood to be able to save himself. Yeah. He didn't base that on anything. He just figured this guy's strong. <laughs> Maybe his strong blood will help me be strong. And yeah. I, I like him as a character. I, I, I really only know him otherwise from Chronicle, mm-hmm. but he's good in that movie. He's a great actor. He's, he's got like a, lot a of, creepy looking guy. He like, could so have played like... this role really well, and I think he kind of did, but mm-hmm. he is also not in the movie enough. He just shouldn't have been a part of it. Yeah. Uh, as much as I hated this character too, Electro should have been the only villain, because as crappy as he kind of was and his line delivery is rough and stuff, I he at least yeah. has some character depth. Yeah. He kind of feels like a person instead of just like a one-sided he was like evil Peter guy. Peter Parker for this movie. Yeah. He's so picked on. He's such a over-the-top nerd, and it's just like. But he also you see kind of like a bit of a psychotic side to him, where he's like talking to himself, and he's like, "Oh, hey." And he has like a shrine birthday. to Spider-Man. Spider- yeah, built. he's like in love with Spider-Man because he <laughs> saved him once, and it's just like. So the, yeah, there would have been a lot of depth there if they had maybe played that up a little more, more of like the psychotic side of him, yeah. rather than it just being kind of cartoony. Well, again, other villains got in the way. Not knock, knock again, out. Yeah. Knock out Rhino and knock out the Green Goblin, and we could have just had a pretty good Electro villain like centered movie, mm-hmm. and that probably actually would have been pretty good. You know, like I, I still don't think that Jamie Fox and I like him and stuff too. I don't think he's doing a good job here. Really, it was just I think he's a good dramatic actor, and this was just kind of corny and dumb, and he didn't really know what he was doing. Yeah, more than like he got it for a paycheck. Yeah, um, so I like when he he gets the thing and it fixes his gap. <laughs> the teeth gap yeah. is great. <laughs> And also, what kind of power is that? That's something that I think the MCU has handled very well is the naming of their characters. Yeah. Because it would seem a little shoehorned in for them to just be like, "Oh, I'm in America, and I'm a captain in the I'm Captain America." Like that's like dumb. He's kind of giving. They've done. They they do things to actually kind of make it work, like giving them names that are like you know being named by 
a, a, a guy nearby, or even how in Amazing, or sorry, Spider-Man Two, um, J. Jonah J. Jonah Jameson kind of coins the name Doctor Octopus, yeah, because he's, he's just like he's looking for a good news headline and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, but in Amazing Spider-Man Two, he just call me Electro. He just arrives says, and goes, call, call me, me Electro. Electro. <laughs> It's like, were you just ready with that? Yeah, he's did, been did, thinking did you about get it. By electricity, it turns you blue, fixes your tooth cap, and then gives you a new name inspiration. Because that's just out of nowhere. He was sitting in the tank of water thinking about it that whole time. <laughs> like, what do I go with? <laughs> or maybe he's maximum just maximum voltage. Or he's no. up just he's up just fantasizing about it. Yeah. If I ever get electric powers, I don't know if I will, but if I do, I got a good name ready for it. <laughs> the way that we, we might name like a dog if we're ready to ever, or like people like Plant having like a, like a baby, what the name might be. Yeah. He's like, if I ever get these powers, I got a name ready for it. I don't know. He's got a little book. So it's, it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's dumb. And it's like, and it's not even comic book related because it's just, it just feels so out of place. I think, yeah, most of these villains, they don't give themselves the names. Like even the heroes, I they don't give themselves the names because why would you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, way that, like, the way that Spider-Man got his name in the Sam Raimi ones is he's entering that wrestling tournament and mm-hmm. he's even like, yeah, call, me, call me man spider. And yeah. then the guy's like, ah, no, I got a bad one for you. Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he's like, why'd you do that? And then he kind of just accepts it and it works. And like, I don't do, and I don't think they even gave a good reason for him to be called Spider-Man in the second, in, in the amazing Spider-Man ones. He was just called it. It's he's just a kind newspaper of, headline. He's I think. like, I am the Spider Man. That's me because I'm a I got I, I, by but, a spider yeah. and I'm a man. I have so. a spider on my chest. So, <laughs> so, so I guess two, two and two together. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I mean, and <laughs> the whole villain thing. Literally, like, so the ending where Green Goblin's like sitting in prison or whatever it's supposed to be, and he's like, "Who do we have?" or something. It shows the guy walking by like all the suits, like the yeah. different villain. Villain gear. It's like, oh, well, we'll give this guy a shot. And it's like, what is like, what are you doing? Like, why are yeah. you well, picking and choosing? Because this was now, you know, I think it's 2012, 2014, or the Amazing Spider-Man one and two. Yeah. And by this point, MCU is up and rolling. That's they've got, true. They, 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 they've yeah. seen they've seen movies that have been built into franchises, so and so they're thinking they're like, we got a world build. Sinister Six. How can we build this into four more movies? Oh, afterwards? I forgot they were supposed to do a Sinister. That's Six That's what movie. this was. It was yeah. supposed to be poorly done, and it got canceled afterwards. But that's where they were going with all of it. Yeah. And so they were so preoccupied with what was coming that they didn't actually take the time to put effort into it, much like we've kind of seen with DC a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd mirror like the rush that we saw with kind of DC rushing into Justice League yeah. to this a little bit. Yeah. And they were so focused on how do we get Spider-Man into a big battle with all of his villains, they didn't, establish, they, they didn't think to establish making the villains good or even making the Spider-Man good. Yeah, this is a conversation I had with someone actually on one of my, my old reviews when, um, when I was talking about this. I was like, Spider-Man doesn't need a universe. Like he is in his own. He can hold these movies on his own. He doesn't need everybody else. He doesn't need a solo Sinister Six movie, solo Venom movie, to put them in the movies with him. He can. You can have them all interact and be, you know, very organic and done very well because it's been done in the comics. Yeah. And again, you know, you have that loose translation to where you know you can't always do everything in comics in film because it'll look kind of weird or goofy. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you gotta work around that, but. Spider-Man can hold his own. He can always hold his own in his own universe. And he, doesn't he did need... hold his own. We yeah, we saw him. a lot of It's not like it. we have never seen him do it. We saw this with those Sam Raimi ones. Mm-hmm. That would, even the third one as a part as part of it, I still think they're a well-written trilogy, and the second and the Amazing Spider-Man ones are just a mess it's, from yeah, start to finish. When you look at, like, there's just so many writers on it, too. Yes. So that means, you know, there wasn't, like, two people, like, okay, this is our story. We'll bounce off each other. That's what's, well, good, you know, and then bounce it off the director. That's what, you know, a good story will, in, you know, encompass is 
people getting feedback, but not like from five different people who all wanted and to also add something. The, and the movie studio putting yeah, down their neck and everything. Saying, hey, like, do this because we need more money. <laughs> yeah. So it's just they're they're they're, they're messy. You, yeah. You you watch them through and you're just like you're as confused as anybody else is, and they just don't make a lot of sense even within universe. There's a couple of cool scenes though. I don't mean to just take away from them entirely. One, yeah. one that I like a lot is when he's when all the construction crew swings their cranes out so he can get down the the, the city street yeah. pretty fast. I thought that was cool. It's kind that's of the, those, that's those, the whole city showing support. Yeah, that New York is helping him out. The city is kind of its own character. That's kind of a cheesy thing to say with movies, but that's what the thing with Spider Man too is like. Stanley was always very happy that like, hey, he's from New York. You know, that's a part of his story. It's part yeah. of who he is. So yeah, it's good to see that again because we saw that in the Raimi trilogy. I don't know if it was a couple times. I remember the first one. Yeah. Where he's on the bridge and they're throwing stuff at Green Goblin. No, yeah. There's there's I, there's there's merit to the movies, but the bad stuff gets so in the way that it's hard yeah. to see the good stuff. And I don't, you just kind of get that, that fallout and you're just like... And I can't remember a lot of the good stuff, unfortunately. I really can't. I just... It was... They're, they're, they're fine movies. I, I've seen worse ones, but not way worse, but not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're real bad, especially the second yeah. one. I think the, the Gwen Stacy death is um, is brutal, but it's also just kind of... I don't know, like, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's pretty pretty dark and yeah. <laughs> grim, but... And I was like, and I thought it was good, because even in the moment, yeah, when, she, it's, it's when she hit the ground, I was like, did she? Didn't she? I can't tell. Yeah, because it kind of, you hear a thud, but then you're kind of like, well, maybe... Is it, is, it the, is it the rope snapping, or is it her hitting... <laughs> yeah, that's a but combination of both. It's that good. It's, it's, I thought that was a good scene, too, though. The cinematography of... The, of and I thought it was dumb, but I thought it was good that the web, the web like a becomes hand. a hand. Yeah, kind of it's just... <laughs> towards her. It was stupid, it's just like good, but it was good. Kinda, dumb, but yeah. it was good. I was, that was like again cheesy, but fun kind of mm. dumb. What but, they kind of should have been doing, but yeah. But that I, was, I think that there's nothing wrong with making these comic book movies silly, and that was what they they tried to ground him too much and made it unrealistic. Yeah. Like the M, the MCU has a lot of really silly, fun ones. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is out there and it's weird, but mm-hmm. it's fun because they embrace how fun it is. Yeah, this like they they took a guy bitten by a spider and they're like, how can we make this realistic and give him some family drama to add in? Yeah, why? <laughs> Just like, give him a, a, a comic booky villain, and we'll have a fun time. Mm-hmm. That's all these should be. Have some nice little quips in there. <laughs> One of my favorites from the first Amazing Spider-Man is when he attacks. He finally has the full suit, and the guy is like robbing a car, and they get out, and then he jumps at him. And he yells "crutch" yeah. as he hits him in the face and spins him <laughs> yeah. on the phone. Yeah, that was pretty. Good. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what's sad about this? I don't know. So that was good, but so I guess yeah, we can we now. Can... Speaking of the MCU, we can move on to the yeah newer ones. So specifically, I think Homecoming is good. I think it's very good. good. And of course, with these, because they're part of the MCU, you have to kind of think of the bigger universe. And so I like mm-hmm. the way that they tie it back into Civil War, first off. I like the, the, I, I like the little vlogging thing at the beginning. That mm-hmm. whole thing of like kind of seeing Peter's perspective on everything, because he was very much a minor character in Civil War. Yeah. So now to see it kind of from his perspective to kind of recap the previous events, I thought was interesting. Because this is a Peter Parker movie. We should see what he thinks of this stuff that happened to him. Mm-hmm. So it's good, and I, I kind of like that we don't get an origin story. There is no Ben Parker. Never has been one. Well, yeah. not never has been, but we don't see him. He's not yeah. on film. He's loosely like referenced. We don't, see, we don't yeah. see the spider bite either. He just kind of already has the powers, and he's figuring out what to do and with And you kind of get a little, like, they mention it yeah. when he's talking with, uh, what's his name? Ned. Ned. But my, he's my, my favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's, i got to be honest. But yeah, yeah, and you get that little bit, those hints and nods to it, because we don't need it again. We don't need, we've seen it two times. Yeah. We've seen it all over in different Incarnations and so yeah, we yeah. don't need it again. 
So it's good that they weren't weighed down by it. Because that, that's what I heard out of Kevin Feige or somebody that they were like, what we wanted to do with the MCU Spider-Man is give him some stuff that we had never seen before. Mm. We've already seen two, two Green Goblins. We've seen Doctor Octopus. We've seen Sandman. We've seen Venom. We don't need to get that in, at least not right away. Yeah. So let's get in some stuff that we haven't seen. We've already seen the Spider-Bite. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. People know who Spider-Man is, especially because we started him in Civil War already having the powers. Yeah. We don't need to have a, a flashback or anything. And I think it was very good. Yeah. And I like um, the, the the vulture in this one has a lot of good development too. He's kind of connected to Tony Stark, but it's mm-hmm. good because Peter's also connected to Tony Stark. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the vulture to me is probably one of, you know, really up there and one of the top villains in terms because that's just Michael Keaton too being yeah. an amazing actor and just they did it really well. But I do have a problem with it being constantly connected to Tony Stark and Iron Man, mm-hmm. just because I do. Know the comic books. Spider-Man is probably the, the Marvel character I know yeah. best in his comic book origins. And he really doesn't have that much to, you do, know, with to do with Stark. Tony Stark and Iron Man. And they played it up a lot because... Well, and this kind of goes back to the Sony deal and what they had to do with that. And, you know, they couldn't use certain... Did you get that? No. No, they couldn't use... Sorry, we started over again. So it goes back to, you know, the Sony deal and Marvel and all that. They couldn't use certain aspects and certain things... Yeah. For this version, because Sony was like, well, we still have rights to those, so you've got to kind of figure it out from there. So they did do a good job in, in doing that, but you lose this kind of... I like the Ben Parker aspect of it. I like that made him a little more ground, a little more... It's just, you know, I knew it as, oh, that's Spider-Man, that's Peter Parker, that's part of his origin and part of all that. And that and, like, the MJ thing was just like, what? I don't know, that it's weird to me. For me, knowing these characters and knowing how I know them, it's just, it's, just, it's weird for me. And for him to be so connected to Tony Stark and for it to come up so often and to be like, hey, remember the Avengers are here? Remember he was part yeah. of the MCU? It was like, again, it goes back to me thinking that he doesn't need that. He doesn't need that, but that's the thing that this version of Spider-Man isn't a solo Spider-Man. I think that there's a part of it that works when you see it in like Sam Raimi. He is. He doesn't have any of the, the other connection and stuff. But this one is supposed to be that he came from this bigger universe and he exists in a universe where other people exist. He exists. Yeah. He's the, the kind of street walking, you know, high school kid in a world where the Avengers happened. Mm-hmm. And he has to, and uh, much like the Vulture, he's a, he's a random guy. He's part of a, a big cleanup crew. In a world where the Avengers happened, and he yeah. had, they had to clean up after their their big mess, and then Tony Stark's company comes in, and I think that it makes logical sense for the movie the, for the world that they built for him. Yeah, if they're doing a, another like a third hard reset of Spider-Man, and then it wasn't MCU built, then I wouldn't want it to be happening like that. But the way that they've filtered in, at least at the beginning, Far yeah. From Home is a different story, mm-hmm. but I think that's worse at the Tony Stark aspect of it. Yeah, but. The, I think that Homecoming, it works, because Tony Stark is first off still around and makes his little cameos, and it's cute, and it yeah. kind of works for where it does, but it's... Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it overstays his welcome until the second one. Yeah, Homecoming, yeah, Homecoming I actually do really like, and I think it's fine that it's in that universe. I guess, yeah, I do have more problems with Far From Home yeah. in being in that, that kind of idea and that realm. But yeah, Homecoming, actually, yeah, I really do enjoy it. I, again, these two movies I do... In, really like them a lot but I just not they're not on the same level for me yeah because they, almost, they almost this is going to be weird but they almost don't feel like Spider-Man movies yeah and they, they do they don't they, they feel like very different flavored Spider-Man movies because they they have these other heroes mixed in and they have a whole different attitude behind them I think that Tom Holland does great in the role and he's a good Spider-Man and a good Peter Parker mm-hmm. but I just think that at the end of the day these just don't have the same energy that the other ones did yeah it, it does it does feel off and I remember thinking that when I was watching I was like they feel it's Spider-Man but it's not. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of, you feel that 
that disconnect a little bit. But again, like you said, they do a good job of making it a good story and making it relatable. And of course, it's really well made. It looks good. So you kind of pick and, and there's choose. Some, there's some scenes there that work really well, like the him trying to save the um, the cruiser or whatever, the, the the cruise ship that got like cut in half. That yeah. stuff was interesting and and um, the. The interactions, because I know that in like the comics, he doesn't have like a best friend the way that he does with Ned, but mm-hmm. Ned does it well. Yeah, and I I think the way that like Flash Thompson in this one too is very well done because he doesn't he's still like kind of like a nerdy kid himself, but he still kind of like picks on Peter Parker because he's like kind of like I'm smarter than you kind of thing. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, it's a good dynamic because he's not just like the traditional beat you up, throw you into a locker, bully, because I, I don't think that's kind of the same dynamic anymore, either. It's not relatable today. It's not relatable today, no. That's a lot of kind of comic booky stuff from 15, 20 years ago, and yeah. now it's kind of just a, an, a, an academic honor student who's kind of cocky and better than yeah, the other guy. Yeah, he just has more money and, I just, and stuff like that. And I, just, I, and I like that more. I think that, again, in this world, it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... And, like, there's great... Like you said, there's great moments. I really love the end, because he, gets, he loses the suit... And, you know, of course, there's that great line. I'm sorry, if you're not, you don't have the suit, or you say what he said. and If you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember, but yeah. So that's really good that he has that kind of, you know, then he has to go through that. He has to put on the old suit yeah. and fight back, you know, with that. And I love when he's lifting the rocks off himself because yeah. that's, Cause that's just those good character moments like that. And again, I'm no expert, but from what I've heard, that's also like an iconic comic book moment. Too, yeah. That, like recreating he's, on screen. Like looking at himself really kind of half and half. Yeah. The mask. Yeah, that's... So that's I think I just think that movie is really well done. I like I like that we see Peter Parker as somebody who's better than than the suit kind of. Mm-hmm. He has his own wit to outsmart the villains and do better yeah. than them without it's being good to reliant see him. on some big fancy suit being built for him. Yeah, it's good to see him use his mind. Apparently abandoned by the second one. That's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's good to see him kind of get beat up again too. You know, he's just getting thrashed by Vulture and that's. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't mean to sound, like, morbid or, like... But I do like seeing that. Because then I like seeing them triumph, you know, being triumphant after that. It gives their victory more... Um, meaning and more depth. More, more, more meaning because they overcame somebody who was really better than them at yeah. first. Yeah. You know? And he kind of had to outsmart them. He had to, yeah, he had to learn how to he beat He can't, you know, so. just outmuscle them. Yeah. So... So I thought... I thought I, I like Homecoming a lot. I yeah, like, I really It's a good Homecoming. MCU movie, and I think it's a good Spider-Man movie, too. It mm-hmm. just has a different feel toward the Spider-Man movies than any of the other ones did. Okay. But... Yeah. But so, far I mean, from home... <laughs> So I'm going to start this one off because I got some problems with it. Okay. <laughs> so from the get-go, well, the very beginning is fine, where they're going through the desert or whatever, and this, the big rock creature comes out, and they're fighting it. Very brief five minutes. After that, immediately, I was like, what is this? With the cheesy little opening sequence where they're watching the like a little slideshow of like the character, people who died. <laughs> I was like, we just saw these people. There's supposed to be this big moment where these characters were like, and it was really sad at the end game, end game. And now it just took it all away. And for me, it just took me out. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're not doing this already. And it was like, it would have been funny if it was a little bit later down the road. Maybe so. Yeah. And, but for but I get a follow-up movie. Yeah, I get it, too, because, you know, they're kids, and they just, that's kind of how they put things together in a cheesy little yeah. school broadcast. Like, I get what they were going for, and in the moment I enjoyed it. But then to look back on it, I was like, that seems too quick. Yeah. And it's not like hitting the funny the right way that it should. It just kind of feels like they aren't taking any of it seriously. Yeah. That's kind of my problem with the MCU at the moment. But, um, so from there and I was just like, okay, it's a rough start, but we'll see where we go. And then it just kind of, again, doesn't feel like a Spider-Man movie. Even lesser so. Yeah. Even less than Homecoming. And, uh, you know, I don't like, like, for some reason, this is Nick Picky again, but 
his suit in the beginning where he's talking to the people, his head looks really small. And it kind <laughs> of that took me out of it. I was like, what, what does his head look so and small? And he's also still using the Iron Spider suit. Yeah. And then he never pulls it out again when he, he very much it. could have. Mm-hmm. And so that was weird. But I guess I, uh, they tried to have an in-movie explanation for it, but it just kind of didn't fly with me. I was like, that should be better than that. That should be just yeah. be kind of available to him. Yeah, and um, just... Mysterio is good. Mysterio is the top... The, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, he's, he's the, the... He has the best scene. He is... Jake Gyllenhaal did an amazing job of being kind of this unhinged, you know, kind of guy. And it's, yeah. it's done really well. I do love Mysterio in that movie. And that's probably, the, like you said, the best part. And the visual effects are great with him, especially because mm-hmm. they couldn't have done that like 10 years ago. And oh, they yeah. tried to mirror that Mysterio scene, the, the, the big one in the, in the middle, the oh, first yeah. Spider-Man Mysterio fight scene. That gave me... It was great. Vibes. And especially the way that he throws like the zombie Tony Stark and stuff yeah. in there too. It was just, it was good. And it was terrifying, that's, and, but good. And it was like the whole, you don't know what your reality is thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what Mysterio should Mysterio. be. Yeah. And so, but he has the Tony Stark connection. Again, yeah. The whole, you know, um, n- n- naming the technology bar for whatever, and then that, like, makes him mad enough to actually attempt to kill a teenage yeah. kid. It's just like, all right. <laughs> just, yeah, just, I mean, be the, just be the villain. Just yeah. find some other reason to be mad at him. I don't, mm-hmm. get, I don't get that, really. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a I lot of people's problems with it. Of, it's meant to be kind of crazy, so maybe his just kind of, like, escalates in his head, but, like, it's just... It's felt too silly and too too much of a loose connection. Yeah, I, I'm so mad at Tony Stark, but Tony Stark himself is dead, so I'm just gonna take it out on his close fan, his close family friend. Yeah, uh, and like all the ex Tony Stark employees. It's like, how can you? He probably paid you so much money, even though you like your stuff got ruined or whatever. And I know. Yeah, Tony was a bit of a narcissist and kind of a jerk sometimes. But I mean, but at the end of the day, it's, like, I don't think it's worth again murder. Yeah, like, over. <laughs> Maybe some kind of a corporate takeover or something, but like, don't go killing some kids, some high school kids yeah. on a trip because you're real mad about them stealing your technology and firing you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, that connection is bad, but him altogether is pretty good. Oh, yeah. And that that scene, yeah, it gave me some PlayStation or Spider-Man Two on the PlayStation Two vibes. I don't know if you ever played that, but I, I didn't, love that game. No, I'm not. And it was, <laughs> and obviously, comic book, you know, that's just how he is, and that's just. The sequence he goes through is that stuff. He just puts Spider-Man in these really trippy moments, and yeah. it was so good. I remember watching. I was like, "Oh, it's so good!" And and yeah, I just and the whole thing where like he even and as the audience, I think I knew there was something else coming, but like he thought that he was safe. Like Nick, Nick, um, Nick, yeah. Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Fury <laughs> shoots Mysterio, and then he comes walking up, and he's like, "Who else did you tell? Who else did you tell me this to?" Then he reveals that it's still Mysterio, and <laughs> then he gets hit by the train. I thought that was great. That was yeah. good on, out of the blue. And even though I as like audience kind of knew that something was still up here, mm-hmm. it was still good. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I like the movie a lot. And it works as an MCU movie really well, I think. But I don't think it works very well as a Spider-Man movie. No. I think that he's, all, he's also like not really Spider-Man through a lot of it. He's actively saying, I don't want to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't want this responsibility. But he spent all of Homecoming saying, I why, want this. Why, why won't you give me this responsibility? Yeah. I want this responsibility. I'm more than just a kid. I can do this. So I don't... I, I think, don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, just what he went through with Infinity War and Endgame kind of maybe, well, he probably wanted to be like, ah, well, I'm going <laughs> to take cool. it easy a little bit. But also, you kind of, you know, you just lose something there when all he's doing is like, I just want to kiss MJ or whatever. And Cause, again, that's... Because I, I just complimented Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man on being good at being consistent mm-hmm. through all three movies. And he's and just kind of all over like, the place. He's back and forth. Yeah. He's back and forth. 
I think that his presence in the MCU and like the movies that aren't centered on him, Civil War and both and both of the Avengers movies are great. Mm-hmm. I like Spider Man in there, and he works well as a big group. But then he comes back here, and he's got a different motive than he ever did. Yeah, you think that he would almost kind of what they should have done more is like, an, I want to avenge Tony. I want to finish what he started and do yeah, more. Yeah, or just kind of and be a bigger. I, so I don't get why he's just dodging around his responsibilities mm-hmm. that he's been given and wanted to have. Yeah. So um, it doesn't. It doesn't doesn't clock and doesn't make a lot of sense with the rest of what we've already seen out of this Peter Parker. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's all over the place. Um, the side characters, like so, again, nitpicky for me, and probably everyone else. But the teachers, oh, like how stupid are these teachers? Like they're just ridiculous, and it kind of took me out of the movie. And I was like, this is dumb. They're on a in a different country, and they're like they're not taking care of the kids, and it's just they're kind of dumb, but. Yeah. I guess that relates. I mean, I've always kind of seen it as okay. This version of Spider-Man is for a younger audience. Clearly, I suppose so. Yeah. Because so I'm gonna give you my theater experience when I saw this the first time. The opening day, Thursday, I think it was like we went like six. Maybe it was Friday, but we went pretty early and like the theater was packed. But we had a a group of like little teenage girls kind of adjacent to us in the front in front of us. Everything Tom Holland said, they were giggling about it, and I was like, he's not even saying anything like funny at the moment, and it just kind of took me out of it because I was like, you're so annoying. <laughs> yeah, and like they like they like swooned and like when they kissed at the end, I was like, it's like it's like my th- I like my theater experience to be just me in the theater. If I could, I'd be the only one in there, yeah. zoned in watching the movie. Uh, but you know that or takes at least me out. A theater experience with accurate viewers. Yeah, I enjoyed watching Endgame and, exactly. getting, and getting big cheers out of the people near me when Cap lifts up Thor's mm-hmm. hammer and stuff. And I was like, "This is great," but I don't want to have people that are like, you know, I hate being like theater with like crying kids and yeah. stuff that's like actually oh ruining the movie experience. <laughs> and, took... you, and sometimes you get that with MCU movies because it's like, "Oh, kids, want to see Spider-Man yeah. movie? You want to go see?" And, and <laughs> you get screaming babies of row in front of you, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> Shut your kid up." <laughs> Well, we saw like the, so this is one that, like just happened. We saw Joker again. I saw Joker again. Somebody brought their kid and it was crying. I was like, "Why? Are you, like, this yeah. is not like not even yeah. to even think that you could bring a kid to this movie." Yeah, Joker feels like a good family friendly movie. Yeah, yeah. psychotic clown killing people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, let's show <laughs> even our, if he let's wasn't show our a Batman movie. What, what 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 Murray Franklin deserves, guys? Yeah, no, uh, but um, good movie by the way. But that was an amazing movie. Joker let's right go now. back to Spider Man. So, I mean, yeah, like, a lot of it, things just kind of took me out of it, and usually when I watch a movie the first time, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really good, and then I watch again, and I'm like, oh, well, but this time, I've, I, I, I've, I've only seen it once, and I had these problems with it almost right away. Yeah. There's a lot of it that, like you said, the teachers are so dumb. What, what public, I, I know the American public school system pretty well, and what would be like, hey, we had this t- 30-foot-tall water other dimensional monster attack us. Let's just go to a different nearby country and not go home. <laughs> yes, that'll, like, that'll like, save us. I, <laughs> so if, I mean, you, if you lit a match in the wrong place at my school, we would go on a fire drill. Get out of there. Exactly. We wouldn't be like, oh, we're in another country. Let's just hang out anyway, even though we've been told that there's interdimensional war going on in this area. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make any logical sense. So the movie just doesn't hold up that well, and I think it's yeah. it's it's fine, and I enjoyed it. But it's I entertaining. Just, you can you can just, get a good laugh. It out just of has it. too many moments that don't make sense to for it to hold up on, especially multiple rewatching. Yeah, that's what I mean. I haven't I saw it a second time, but I was like, yep, mm-hmm. I was right. First time, I you know, like I said, it's entertaining. I got a kick out of it. It's definitely it's not one of the worst MCU movies, but it's really not the best. It's not a the best Spider Man movie either. I yeah. would put it down just above maybe Spider Man Three. I mean, yeah. 
just I because think, of the visually and just I kind can't of, call it bad, but it's not the the good that we see out of the out of actual good Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies. And it's it's too bad because I think they've had so much potential with Tom Holland. He plays the the, the role well. Yeah. And I just think I can't wait to see him get used differently and maybe see what's coming next. Yeah. Because I like the... him in like I said, I like him in the in the group ones. When he shows up in Infinity War, it's great. That mm-hmm. might be his best role almost. Yeah. Is him is is Tom Holland in Infinity War, because of that. And in Civil War, he was a good unexpected surprise. Not unexpected. They ruined out with the trailers, but still, yeah. it was still to see that fun. was so cool. I remember watching that trailer. It's like this is amazing. Yeah. But yeah. So, and then I guess to touch on briefly, which we don't need to go too in depth because I don't have any problems with it. I don't in, either. Into the Spider Verse is a great movie. It's amazing. It's, it's animated, it. so that so they have they can take a lot of more like comic booky liberty. <laughs> yeah, that we didn't and... get to maybe. See. So yeah, all the characters feel fleshed out. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, even the first Peter Parker, the one that we see die, like right at, like right near the beginning. Yeah, he feels like a real guy. And then Peter Peter B Parker, great great voice acting, great character. Miles, even Miles' his parents, they all feel like real yeah. people. It's a very just again grounded but yet still not yeah. it's so kind of out there with the multiverse and everything and but it's still like really you get in with the characters and so you can yeah. again our, our overused words relate to them and yeah. kind of go along if with them you, on this you, great if journey if you can't relate to miles you can relate to somebody in the story yeah exactly. somebody in there has been you've been where somebody in that character in that and mm-hmm. even in that Gwen's movie has character. been and it's just like I liked all the great references to previous movies. I liked the little shots that the, the Spider-Man took at like the previous yeah, Spider-Man the Spider- movies. Yeah, like mainly the, Spider-Man 3. Uh, Spider-Man 3, but there's even some, some little references to the Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. and stuff in there, too. And it's just, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a good comic movie. I've even, like, the animation is cool, too. Yeah. I like, I, I read something that they said there, and they even, like, showed it that when Spider-Man is still, like, learning how to be, like, oh, his when frame, Miles Morales is, his, yeah, frame, his frame rate, rate is different. He's going at 32 a second, and uh, the other one's going at 64 or yeah, something. Yeah, smoother. And it's, like, yeah. and it's cool because Those you little wouldn't details. notice it, but you kind of notice it. And then it makes sense, and it's like, yeah, because he's not Spider-Man yet. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's he doesn't have that fluid kind of motion. So... I just it's a it's a really well thought out movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it was first advertised like two years ago. I was like, oh come on, another <laughs> Spider Man movie. This is yeah. stupid. And then I saw it and I was blown away. Exactly. I, mean, I think that's how everyone was. <laughs> like even when you saw like the first trailer, it's like okay, looks cool, looks interesting, like, but that fine. Another I'll Spider-Man go see movie it. <laughs> with all this. Uh, fine. And then I went to go see it and I was like amazed. Yeah. And it was it was really funny. Yeah. There's some moments in there that are just hilarious. It's a it's, and it's <laughs> a good all around movie. You know, that's that's the one you want to take your kids to. That's the one you don't yeah. mind the kids crying in. Great yeah. soundtrack. So I don't even have much else to say here because really, just I just love the movie. I could just talk forever about how great it is, but that's not that's not that's so, not why I mean, we're here. I feel like <laughs> for us, I think if you wanted to, you know, throw this in the mix, then we would say it's probably the best one. But probably the best one. We, yeah. I like me personally, I put animation in a different category. But yeah, it, it almost doesn't. It almost feels like fair. too too good of a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's not fair to compare it to even the best live action ones because they're playing with different equipment. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they kind of have a little more limitations in what they yeah. can do. And but yeah. So. So, yep, that's our Spider-Man. You know, you can kind of judge for yourselves which ones we like. I think, obviously, people probably know that I like the second one a little bit more, or Spider-Man 2 and the Raimi movies a lot more than anything recent. I know a lot of people love the new ones. That's great, but, uh, you know, not as, just not me as much. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, they're really good. They're good. Uh, they're they're well-made. I, I like, in general, I just like Spider-Man a lot as a character. I yeah. liked him a lot as a kid, even if I didn't know the movies that well. And even the, even the worst Spider-Man movie is still just like I guess at the end of the day kind of fun to watch, mm-hmm. and I just like I just like the character. I like watching him swing from from building to building, and it's yeah. just he's a fun character at the end of the day for me to watch. So I can go back and watch Jamie Foxx get his gap fixed yeah. over and over again, and just be like, hey, all right, and turn off the movie. But I think I think we're gonna go because it's time for me to light my candles. So. I'm <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, jeez. All right. All right. Well, that's Spider-Man episode. <clears throat> uh, we wouldn't want to do this for a while, but Will's been dodging my calls. And yeah, I've been <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> no, I but mean... As they say, it's pizza time. <laughs> oh, <my> gosh. <laughs> All right. We're going to end it on that. It's pizza time. But, uh, yeah, thanks for, for listening. Uh, so it's a little bit long, but, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was entertaining. Uh, be sure and follow me on Instagram, Jordan JB Talk, uh, and hit me up on the YouTube as well. I don't know if Will has anything to plug, but I don't. I do. No, I don't have anything to plug, but I'll be here. I'll He's be a good here buddy. Over and over again, and I'm sure you won't hear the end of me. No, so. no, we won't. We so, don't want that. This has been fun. I've been Will on this episode, and of course, you know me. I'm Jordan, uh, and don't forget to be a good buddy, and we'll see you all later. <laughs>